Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track monitored accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. To hell and back is in the job description. Being roughed up, scuffed up, run over, kicked, thrown, dropped, dumped, and done the unthinkable is a duty we've embraced for more than 40 years. Through superior engineering and constant innovation, only Pelican has conquered the chaos a life of ambition can dish out. And we've done it to empower you. Welcome to The Reel Down on Paddle and Fin with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything in tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Reel Down on Paddle and Fin. How you doing, Jim? Man, I'm tired. It was a, a long five days in Tennessee. How about you, man? You had a little stomach bug. You feeling better? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had talk, talk, talked up going to this tournament and damn mosquitoes in here. Going to get, oh, I got them. Good. <laughs> yeah. Carry them away. I had the door open because I letting the dog in and out. Mosquito gun out. The, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, we had talked about I was ready to go to Clash of Clubs, and we were going fishing out as a team. And, uh, yeah, I got a stomach virus last week, and it laid me up. It was bad, bad. So uh, it was one of them bad ones. It, uh, it was full-fledged suck here at the house, and I had, had to be quarantined from my family. They had to go stay with my mother-in-law for a few days, and it was bad stuff. So, yep, didn't get to go. That sucks. Yeah, man, I hate that you didn't make it. It was a, it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Richard down there at Eastport. He put all the paddle and fin folks up in uh, houseboats and the marina, and he moved all the uh, his like rental pontoon boats. So we just had all our kayaks docked right there with us, and like, it's the kind of place you don't have to worry about your stuff. So we had all of our gear in our boats all night, most of the nights, and which it kind of killed it for us because 
we all got lazy. We didn't want to load up and go fish anywhere else. So even though the fishing was terrible, we just grinded it out, you know, <laughs> for no reason. Uh, guys like we've got on tonight, you know, they were up on different parts of the lake, you know, killing it and we were sucking it up. But so you didn't miss much on the club part. Yeah. Well, there you go. I, I saved my money for another tournament to give it away. That's right. Cool. Well, uh, yeah. So tonight we're going to have one the two winners from the Paddle and Fin Open on Dale Hollow. And uh, one of them's going to be a little bit late, but the first one is Glenn. Uh, Glenn got second place. It's Glenn. I'm going to say it wrong, but I'm going to try here. Benazak. That's correct. You got it. All right. Look at me. I'm ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Winner. Cool. Well, thank you for being on the show, man. And Adam Riser, Adam Riser, former guest host, you know, Dale Hollow guide and all around great guy. He'll be on here in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, we'll start with you, Glenn, man. Uh, congratulations on tournament. And if you would tell us all about yourself and how you got into kayak fishing. Thank you. Uh, I got into kayak fishing with my buddy. Uh, we high school fish all through high school. And then outside of high school, uh, just couldn't afford buying a boat. So we started doing the kayak stuff. Started off with a Sen 12T. Um, I'm up in Illinois, northern Illinois, and uh, it's a different type of fishing up here. So we joined a southern Illinois club, and I fish for uh, SIKC. And, uh, yeah, got real good at it and uh, just enjoy doing it. And you guys came, you know, the Illinois and Ohio guys came down in numbers to – Tennessee. I said it on our live streaming for the event. I'm upset with my Tennessee folks for not showing up. <laughs> I mean, a Tennessee guy won it, so I'm kind of happy about that, but they could have held the, the club title and, you know, but, oh, well, there's always next year. That's right. Yeah, it was, a you know, it was the first year for the event. Now, a lot of people, it's hard to put on your schedule, but I, I think now that everybody saw, oh, you know, you won a kayak for not a whole lot of people in the tournament. You win second place in what seven hundred dollars? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh, and and we we paid out. There were twenty four anglers, and we paid out ten places still. Yeah, I mean, y'all guys missed out. It was a great tournament. It was well organized. the The farm was great. Just scenery was great. It was just an awesome time. By far, one of the best tournaments. I that's yeah. my first time actually seeing the barn either. Um, the other guys had seen it. I'd never drove up there and that's not what I expected. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Marine is not like terrible. The Marine is nice. All the property around it's nice, but I mean, his wedding venue barn that we used is like top notch, top notch. Oh yeah. So it, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. We didn't seem to get any negative feedback from anybody. Everybody really seemed to enjoy this. I mean, we paid out a lot. We gave away a lot. I mean, you went home with a, Let's see, you went home with a couple of checks, a boat. Did you get anything oh, yeah. in the raffles? Uh, yeah, I got like a little phone tether and a shirt. I was more excited about the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that was a, a good weekend for you. Absolutely. Uh-oh, there he is. The man. Adam Riser, what's up, man? I'm in a roach motel. I can't promise I'm going to have good reception. Y'all, y'all pray for me. <laughs> You're no going to see the roaches carrying him off in the distance. <laughs> yeah, man. Where, where are you at? Uh, West Tennessee. Okay. I can't, I can't get specific because I'm trying to protect the lake that I'm fishing today and tomorrow, or else I would get more specific. That's why. 
What, what <laughs> yeah. is that for? Uh, maybe do some filming and content stuff with my buddy Mark that you guys met before. Um, and just a little bit of trophy chasing as well. Cool. Well, good luck. Uh, yeah, so if people don't know who you are, tell everybody who you are, Al. Uh, I'm Riser. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, I neglect many responsibilities in life to catch bass out of a kayak. That's like the best way to put that. <laughs> I neglected a lot to stay down there for five days. <laughs> yeah, right. What up, Glenn? What's going on, Adam? <clears throat> Good to see you, man. So you I too. just, my favorite story from this weekend, I want to just go ahead and get out of the way. Everybody already knows you got first and second. My favorite part was going into this, Adam really, really wanted to win that Frontier 10. Glenn really, really wanted to win the Frontier 12. Well, the 12 was for first place and the 10 was for second. So, like, mid-ceremony, they just traded. Like, you can't beat that. There was no, like, hard feelings. It was just like, hey, let's just swap. Right. It seemed like that made your buddies mad, Glenn, because one of them was talking to me, and he's like, he's taking home the 12? It's like, yeah, he's like, God. <laughs> I've always had a 12 foot kayak, so the more room, the better. Well, 10, I was good, you're probably going to use it for a river kayak. That's exactly it. I just needed like a, a small grab and go boat, and you know, that boat is more than that, uh, obviously. But um, I wanted something more more concise, lightweight, uh, something I could loan as a, uh, to a buddy, you know, do a river float with. Um, so yeah, that, that was actually the one that I, I preferred. So I was uh, happy to take the, the smaller of the two. There you go. Free kayak, either way, that's awesome. 10 or 12 yeah, feet. Yeah, worked out. And they also got, um, let's see, you got a $100 Yak Attack gift cards. And what did Richard do, $200 at the marina in the shop? Yeah. I think that, and I got some Jigmaster uh, gift card too. So it just kept adding up. Nice, man. Well, it was a it was a, a heck of an event. It was a two day event. So, uh, well, we can even start a little earlier than that. Did, uh, did y'all get time to pre fish any? Did y'all come down early enough? I came down late Wednesday night, and we were able to fish for about an hour. But we fished around the marina, and it was horrible. Caught a few dinks, and then come Thursday morning, we launched out of the marina, and uh, we fished for like two hours. Caught more more small ones. It just wasn't feeling right. So I just told the crew, let's pull out. We'll go somewhere main lake, just see the scenery and just try to find bigger fish. And uh, that's what we end up doing. We end up getting a late start on practice because that storm that came through. And uh, I ended up finding a point, caught a 19-inch largemouth off of, and then right around the corner caught a smallie. So that was just my game plan for the next day on day one. Okay, what about you, Riser? Uh I only practiced Wednesday. So the tournament was Friday, Saturday. I only practiced Wednesday. Um, I found a bunch of largemouth that were super easy to catch. That wasn't the case come tournament day, but, uh, I, I found just a bunch of, of spawning largemouth and that's in my wheelhouse. That's one of my favorite things to, uh, approach uh, in the, in the spring is a bunch of spawning largemouth. And, um, so I didn't even bother checking on a smallmouth bite. Um, I didn't know I've never fished El Hollow and it's flooded like that. Um, I just, I didn't feel confident. I, I didn't really know where to start if I were to check out a smallmouth bite. So I was like, well, I know how to catch some spawning, uh, largemouth a few different ways. So I just kind of decided to go all in on that. And instead of practicing Thursday, 
uh, I was kind of already committed to fishing where I found those fish on Wednesday and I didn't want to sore lip them. And uh, I, I thought I could be more productive by getting some stuff taken care of at home. So uh, after practice Wednesday, I just took it on back home to Nashville and rested, got some stuff together. And then uh, I got back out there Thursday evening so I could wake up and, and do my thing on Friday. There you go. And here, I'll go over the numbers. Um, well, I, Jimmy, do you have them? Yeah, I got them. I think I only wrote down day one, actually. All right, so here's the numbers. Uh, day one, Adam, you were first day one with 85 and three-quarter. And Glenn, you were fourth with 83. Uh, for the other couple anglers in between y'all, Chris Anderson had 84 and a quarter in second, and Chris Yonk had 83 and a half. And those guys were on the board pretty quick. Um, they must've been the only few that had cell service. That's a big issue down there. So we were trying to do live coverage and get with, we, we were covering all the anglers. We were trying to find the anglers that were catching fish, but you had no clue because nobody had enough signal to post their fish. But, uh, so shout out to all those guys and y'all for day one. Uh, before I get into the day two numbers, uh, why don't y'all go ahead and talk about your day one, uh, Glenn, if you want to start. All right, so day one, I didn't find much for fish. Like I said, I uh, practiced, I caught one largemouth and one smallie, and it was a mainly point. I thought they'd be on secondary, working their way in to go spawn. I didn't go too shallow that day. Um, so day one, I just started off that point. I ended up catching smallmouth right away on a spinnerbait, and then work around the corner, couldn't get any bites. So then I put a deep dive crankbait, because I knew there was big boulders I seen underneath, and uh, I lost a real big smallie. And I just couldn't get them to commit to it. So then I started dragging a worm around and then throwing a spinnerbait. And then I just picked away at the spot and caught big, large, uh, big smallmouth. And then when I went around the point into the cove working in, I'd pick off a few largemouth. They were never in back. I don't know if that's from the water dropping or if they're like from all the pressure. I wasn't sure. But I never really got any bed fish this trip. <clears throat> but that was my day one. I, I did notice that, you know, it was super high practice days. Friday, I noticed it dropped probably like four or five inches, but then I noticed it didn't seem like it dropped at all because we had the rain come in Saturday, and I didn't see it really drop much after that. Which, which we were based, we're on, we're as far south on that lake as you could go, so it could have been totally different up there. We all that's, that's pretty accurate from what I saw too, and I was on the opposite side of the lake, so I'd say that's accurate. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Well, uh, Riser, how was your day one? Uh, man, it was stressful. It did not go how I thought it was going to go. I had to kind of scrap the game plan. So it, during practice, I could just about catch them at will off of wood and, and stumps on a spinnerbait, um, but they were all bucks. And uh, at the end of practice day, I was trying to uh, figure out a way to get a bigger bite or just confirm that there were some big ones in the area and threw the buzzbait around and caught a 20-incher and I just I quit fishing uh, that day during Wednesday, and so I tried to replicate that uh, day one, and was just not getting bit uh, doing that stuff uh, at all. Um, and then, that, if I remember correctly, that it was a bright day, that sun was out, 
I was like, I know they're spawning. Um, and so once the sun got up a little bit and the day got a little bit lighter outside, uh, I just started standing up and I pretty quickly saw some fish and um, just started working on some bed fish to start sight fishing for them. And uh, I knew that these fish weren't going to get picked off by anything else. This was kayak only water that I was in. Uh, and just slowly started picking off some sight fish. I, you know, marked a couple of them or saw a couple of them that I, I knew I wouldn't be able to uh, get to go. So I was like, well, we'll leave them for tomorrow, maybe. And um, I didn't get my fifth one until the last hour of the day. And it was, I entered in an area that I was just like, I hope there's some fish in here. I did not practice this pocket, this cove. Um, and right as I entered into it, I saw like a decent one there that I, I think went in 16 and a quarter, 16 and a half, something like that. Uh, but I had to work on that fish for just about an hour um, to get it to go. I could tell that it would go, but I could tell it, it would do everything except bite my lure. Um, but I, when, I, when I got that fifth fish, because I didn't know if I was going to be able to limit that day. Um, and, man, I'll tell you what, it's stressful when you – none of my best fish that I caught uh, the entire tournament, either day, I didn't have any of them marked. I never saw them until I was just literally hunting for fish with my eyes in spawning areas. Uh, and what I rolled up on is what I chose to work on. So uh, that that's a little bit nerve-wracking when you don't know if you're going to – even see a fish and then once you see one you still got to catch it uh, um, i don't think i've done that in a tournament before like a live tournament like that so uh it's stressful man trying to catch them that way but pull, pulled it off do you have a certain bed fish bait that you're partial to my man has a bed fish box <laughs> yeah yeah i literally have like a box that's just for sight fishing that i'll carry with me this time of year so day one um i caught him on three or four different baits, a Cinco, a swim jig, I think, that I just threw into the bed. Some of those fish, I would rotate three or four baits, get them worked up, and then come back around to the first bait and actually catch them on that one. Um, got one on a brush hog. Uh, but the, the, the one that ended up being the day two go-to as well was just a Tokyo rig, which is not something I had a lot of history with. Um, I was just trying to basically do like a, a beefed up drop shot, which is more or less what that is. But um, the Tokyo is that, rig ended up being a, was grass? What's up? Trying, trying to get through grass with a Tokyo rig? Is that? No, no grass at all. This is literally a flooded forest um, mm -hmm. that, that, that was dry land. Like it's probably half of those beds that I caught them out of is probably dry right now. Um, so this was just a flooded forest. They were spawning on mostly the roots of trees. They'd be at the base of a tree too. Um, but just basically a, a few of them that are probably blind caught, uh, day two were just spawning on random wood there, but just a flooded forest. That, that's literally what it was. There's no grass there. Uh, you asked that cause you associate Tokyo rig with grass. Um, yeah. I, I don't have any history fishing a Tokyo rig other than like one day on Dardanelle last year on a roadbed. Um, so it's, it's, it was just a, something I was like, what else do I have? This fish is not going for anything. I was like, let's try a Tokyo rig. Cause I didn't feel like tying up a drop shot and I uh, ended up really liking it. I put a little white creature bait on the end so I can see, see it. it. And if, and if, uh, if I feel like they don't get, go for the white, I'll switch over to, you know, a green pumpkin, something natural, but you know, it's like, when you're sight fishing that white's good to have because when that fish is barking at it you don't want to set the hook but as soon as it eats it 
you want to be able to set the hook and that white when it disappears that's when you can swing on them so it's yeah. really about just making a rotation and not a particular bait and yeah, I don't yeah, have can... a go-to. I don't have a go-to sight fishing bait. I've caught them on all kinds of different baits, net rigs. Like, there's a little bit of everything. Sometimes it's whatever you can just get in there best too. Um, sure. Yeah, I don't have a go-to sight fishing bait. Uh, more of my go-to sight fishing baits are actually par bait topwater lures that occupy most of that box there. But the the saw plastic thing, I just rotate all kind. You know, whatever I think might work. That that's what's fun when you're sight fishing too is being able to really watch like their reaction to you like even color like yep but i've been bit on black and blue everywhere else on that lake so i started i found fish on bed yesterday and that's where i started and you'd throw the black and blue in there and they would just dart and then like you were telling talking about using the white so you can see definitely when they inhale it because sometimes you can get right on those fish when they're really locked in and then sometimes you have to stay back you know like five to eight feet and I was unfortunate that the one lure that she wanted to play with was Alabama crawl and I was fishing in mud, so I could not see it. So I was just, the wind was blowing. You're just hoping you can feel it. For the but classic yeah. clubs, for the classic clubs on day three, I ended up finding a bed fish behind a log where boats couldn't get to. And uh, I worked that fish for 28 minutes and I couldn't throw any baits with weights on it because it'd scare away because boats must have seen her and flipped towards her. And then uh, I ended up having a flip, a four-inch Senko in there, let it sit in her bed until she came back, and then drag it. When I dragged it, that's when she gulped it. But, like, twitching and stuff, she did not want it. Yeah. I, I spent 45 minutes with one fish yesterday. <laughs> and she was she was catchable. We went from her being scared of everything to her being really curious and starting to, like, flare up on it. But I was out of time. And I just mm-hmm. let her sit there and was like, someone else can catch this fish. Which, well, if you're not in a kayak, you're not getting that fish. Because I took Adam's advice. I didn't. I was still on the south end of the lake, but I found a flooded forest, and I went way up there. And sure enough, when I got to where none of the wind was there or nobody, there was fish everywhere. Yep, cool. It was, it was crazy. Still didn't get on them because we wasted so much time. We went venturing upriver, or down, well, technically downriver, but it was still cool. Now, I'm, you know, another piece of the puzzle for next time. Sure. But yeah, y'all y'all killed it on day one, and then we had a huge change of events on day two. We had weather move in, so tell us how that affected you, Glenn. Uh, day two actually helped a lot with the overcast. Um, my main lead point with that transition bank, uh, the smallie bite was there. <clears throat> right away in the morning, caught a 19-inch on a spinnerbait, and then uh, I threw a Ned rig and just picked it off a while. And then I'd work down that bank. I'd catch a few largemouth. And then I did a, I flipped a couple of brush piles just to give that point more time to just for main lake fish to come up. And uh, yeah, I caught like seven or eight keepers there. And then I ended up going into the marina to do a little bit of bed fishing because I know my buddy Luke was getting on some big bed fish. And uh, by that time, just there were fish were picked away, the boats were in it. I didn't find anything that would help me. And, and just to throw in, because I forgot to, uh, th- day two numbers. Adam Riser, 86 and three quarters. Uh, Glenn, you had 86 and a half. So you were really close. You know, y'all were neck and neck for day two. And uh, Reese Schneider rounding out the top three with 74 and a half. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, 
and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. I just saw a question and I lost it. There it is. Real quick, Chris Young wanted to know, did Adam find an area up there without any carp? Chris, I'll, I'll answer that for you. And I got to come clean on this. So he asked me that, or, or you know, that, that was a topic that we mentioned when, uh, when we were off the water and, and about all those, you know, if you if you fish around a, the spawn, you'll see the big carp thrashing, like yeah. making a big ruckus, right? And Chris made the comment that like, he saw that and, and thought that the, the fish would spook away. And I didn't say yes or no when he mentioned that. I happen to know that they don't. Like they don't really care. They if they want to be there, they'll be there. But I was happy to let him think that that would deter the bass because that would keep him out of my area. So I I bit my tongue and didn't say anything. So sorry about that, Chris. But I could care I could care less if those carpers are in there. If anything, it kind of tells me like okay, all all the all the living fish in here. You know, they want to go. They or they agree that the temperatures are right. And in my experience, whenever I find uh, those carp or even the gar, even though uh, they may bump shoulders with the, with those bass, for the most part, I don't, I don't think they really care. If those bass want to do their thing, they're they're not too threatened by uh, those other fish. I think those bass are way more concerned with, uh, you know, birds of prey or, or something uh, above the water uh, or something that maybe is, would, would eat on their young. But as far as just being crowded with a bunch of commotion, I don't think it makes too big of a difference. That's my opinion. Jonathan Workman asked, well, what about gar? You think the same thing about gar? Yeah, gar, you know, a little more threat maybe like biting your line or, you know, the carp, you, they're, it's very distinct that those are carp that are thrashing over there, yeah. not bass feeding or anything like that. But uh, the gar, you want to every once in a while, could swirl. You, you may think like, oh, that gar might be a bass if you, if you never actually saw it. So the gar can throw you off a little bit, but – at the end of the day, I don't think they really push the bass out of the area or anything like that. They all they go to the spawning flats. That's where these fish want to, uh, you know, do their thing, and that's that's where they go. So that's where I'm going to go. I actually found a bed fish with a gar in it with it, and when I flipped in it, the gar took off and actually scared the bass, but the bass came right back to it. Yep. See, they'll come <clears> back. Even yeah. if they don't that, like them. Not- I mean, you'll see them with turtles. You'll see uh, bass, like, uh, nip at turtles' heads and the turtles will you know cower back into their shell like you know every, everyone's just fighting for territory in there but it doesn't mean they'll just flat out leave uh, from what i've seen turtles are like good luck to me if i see turtles i'm like oh yeah this, this, this <laughs> see, is fish in the area <laughs> for, for me it's opposite most of the time in areas i find like you know like one turtle no but like like when i creek fish i'll find like 50 turtles in one area and it's like they're a clan and they have taken over because i can never get a bite i have to get away from them <laughs> Uh, I, maybe I just love turtles and it just, <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. No, good luck, man. Like a turtle. Well, um, riser talk about your day too. Uh, cause you know, you were sight fishing obviously. So the weather moving in had a big chance to screw that all up. Well, yeah, I was nervous going into day two because I, you know, I barely put together my limit sight fishing on day one. And if that's all I had going, if the moving bait thing wasn't working, I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to have to go fishing. So I, part of me almost went somewhere else on the lake just to blind fish like 
something new, but I was like, no, I need to stay in this area. Like, you know, there's a chance there's some fish that's going to replenish. And um, so we were forecasted for storms for most of the day. Uh, but I thought, okay, well, the practice day that I got bit on spinner baits, it was overcasting a little bit of wind. So I was like, maybe I'll just try the moving bait thing again. And maybe that bite will be back. Uh, and get out there, could not get a bite at all in the spinner bait. Um, I think I tried to frog for a little bit. Uh, try to buzz bait again for a little bit and I couldn't get anything going in the morning. So I start worrying again and it's too dark and uh, cloudy for me to consider sight fishing. And so I was like, all right, I do feel like there's fish in this area. So I started just throwing around a weight of Cinco um, real slow, which is not what I like to do, but uh, it got me three quick bites, including my kicker for the day. Um, so that, or actually I think it got me four fish within the first hour and a half or something like that, dragging the sink art around, but then that died, that bite did die off. I was okay with doing that all day since it was working, but it died off. But then I got lucky and that, uh, the weather cleared up, um, not entirely, but it got bright and it quit raining and it rained on me really hard for a while. It rained on most people really hard for a while in the morning. But when I saw that it surprisingly cleared up, I was like, well, Maybe this is my opportunity. And I didn't know if that was only going to clear up for 30 minutes or an hour or something like that. But I was like, I need to seize this opportunity and go looking for some fish because that seems to be an easy way to, to get some. And I went back into a pocket where I caught a few on day one and I uh, saw some right away. I got that fifth one, felt really good about that. But I think I still had a 14-incher to cull. Um, ended up calling that that smallest fish two or three times with the 15 and then I think a 16, but the whole rest of the day, uh, after that rain let up, I was able to sight fish and that's all I did for the, the, the rest of the day because that seemed to be my easiest way to, to get bit. And uh, I, I stumbled on the Tokyo rig and I really liked, uh, some of these fish were really tough to flip the bait in there without snagging on a, a, a limb or or something, just getting the bait in the bed is sometimes a, a, a task and a chore. And of course, you can stay far enough back from the fish to where you're not going to, but close enough where you can see it. And you have to, and in this flooded forest, like, you know, it's, you're, you're cramped in there. So positioning my boat and uh, being able to put the, the, the bait on the bed was, was a chore in itself. But um, yeah, day two, they found a few more fish, I guess, a little easier than I did on day one. Um, but day two ended up being better as far as numbers and uh, a little bit of size for me, which surprised me. I, thought, I honestly thought it was going to be uh, tougher and I wasn't going to be able to sight fish, so I, I was happy with how that went. Okay. Well, there you go. Put it together again, man. He He's showing he's the man on Del Hollow to beat. Yep. I'm excited. If, you if, if you, if you want to go down to Del Hollow and – and get a guide and catch a smallmouth of a lifetime, a trophy, holler at Adam. He's a guide down there. I think, you know mm -hmm. what I, th I think I realized? Because uh, I won this tournament in the same creek that I won that Bass Nation tournament in. This is not where I fished the the other paddle and one. But I truly believe the, the Bass Nation tournament, I guess that was in December maybe, I was catching those fish in like 30 to 35 foot of water. I think these were the exact same largemouth that had now moved out of that windering hole and were now spawning. Um, it, it, they were like the exact same size. The, the males and the females were the same size. I think I was able to follow these fish up to where they spawned, which was something I was curious about this winter. I was like, man, I, if I can, I'd like to go check on them and see where they go. And 
uh, should give me an idea for, you know, just future fishing sessions down there. But I really do think they're the same fish. Huh. Well, I know you got a busy schedule coming up, but if anybody wants to go do some sight fishing, call Adam up, get you a guide to sight fishing. Maybe he can put you on some. He's done, he's done took all the money, so it's not a big deal now. <laughs> I don't think anybody else is going to Del Hollow. Any Tennessee tournaments hitting Del Hollow any later in the year that you know of? I don't know. I'd have to look at my schedule. Trying to get my memory to, to recount, that's not a good thing. I, I'd have to go look. If there's oh, one man. there and, and I can fish it, I'll be there. Oh, yeah. That's right. All right. Well, I mean, I know everybody's just, you know, Adam's still on the road. Glenn and Jimmy, y'all just got back, so we're going to make this a short show tonight. Um, before we do let you go, we always want to give everybody an opportunity to say hey to our sponsors or thank you. Uh, we'll start with you, Glenn. Do you have anybody that makes fishing easier for you? Uh, I just want to thank my club and everyone in it who uh, just makes it really enjoyable to get out and uh, actually spend time fishing on the kayak. Um, other than that, I just appreciate everything and just nature itself. We'll right. be back next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're doing it again, so you better be there. Oh, what about you, Isaac? Who makes fishing? Uh, so dug out in Dakota Lithium, they, they've been taking real good care of me. Um, but for this tournament specifically, the, I had a few tools that were uh, crucial for me to get those those bed fish to go. And um, it started with the Hobie 360 navigating. Uh, it was such like quarters in these flooded forests that you wouldn't be able to paddle. Um, so if I'm entering into the forest, being able to use the 360 drive to make tight turns and everything was a big deal. And then once I was in, in there in the shallows, I needed to stand up and look at them. Um, being able to pull that drive up uh, and, and stand, I, I, I would stand on the seat of the Hobie sometimes when I was working on the fish, but um, I would then take my Yak Attack park pole uh, and push pole my way around real slowly through the, through the forest. And then when I would see my fish, I would take uh, a rod holder uh, shove the park pole through the rod holder and basically have a staked out anchor, um, my version of a, of a power pole. And then I would take my bending branches paddle on the other side of my boat and shove it through a bungee cord into the mud. And it wasn't as good of a stake, but it would still give me two anchor points. And there was still some wind, you know, to my back or some of the BFL boat uh, wake would push me or move me from my spot if I was working on a fish some. So being able to anchor with two points uh, was crucial for me to see that. And then lastly, the, the nines optics and glasses, I've used the same uh, pair, the same color lens for years now. Um, and it's, it's absolutely had to have those. The water was still pretty stained. It was not ideal color for looking at these fish. So being able to use the Hobie, the stake pole and the, and the sunglasses all together, um, had to have it, had to have it to get those fish in the boat. So uh, it's cool to see the, the tools that I stand by uh, uh, come together and make it happen. Good deal. Well, thank you all. We'll be appreciating. We'll good luck the rest of the year, and I'm sure we'll talk to you all again before too long. Thank hey, you. And big thanks to Eastport and Paddle and Finn. Like, for those of you all that weren't in attendance, like, both did a lot of work. Both went, went overboard on uh, – taking care of the anglers both and having a good time and, and all the media coverage. And it was just really impressive to see what uh, everyone did there. So, and there was dinner both nights and that's a big thing. Now we've, we fed everybody. 
dinner <laughs> on a gorgeous farm. Like you're right there by the water on houseboats. Like definitely go check out uh, Eastport Marina and and uh, if you're ever up around the Del Hall area for sure. But thanks to, to both entities there, you made for a fun weekend. Cool. I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. Talk to y'all later. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, guys. Well, real quick, I want to shout out the other event that we had going on. Uh, we had the Clash of Clubs going on, uh, three-man teams. Uh, we had six teams. Paddle and Finn made kind of like a team and a half. Uh, we both did terrible. Uh, but congrats to Cincinnati Kayak Fishing. They took it home with 238 and three-quarter inches. It was best five between all three anglers. That was Chris Anderson, Michael Grimsley, and Chris Yonk. And listen to this split. Second place was the SIKC guys. Glenn was in that. Glenn had 77 and three quarter. Luke Brozovich had 12 and a half. Reese Schneider uh, didn't get on them that day. They had 90 and a quarter. So 238 and three quarter for first, 90 and a quarter for second. So Cincinnati just showed out in that event. And then we had an award for the single angler that had the highest total f- during the Clash of Clubs. And that went to Mr. Chris Anderson and he won a new canoe flint, and he was super excited. He had told Brian the only thing he wanted out of that event was to take home a big check because we had those really big paddle and fin checks. He took home two checks and a boat, and uh, if y'all didn't see any of our footage go back or you didn't get to watch the live streams, we did interviews with all the anglers before the show, and we asked them what's an interesting fact about themselves, and Chris, that had that 90-inch day, uh, his daughters paint his toenails for good luck before every event. And as soon as he said that, I was like, dude, I hope this guy does good. And he ended up, you know, I think he got, I'm trying to remember how much he won. He won, They got some good money. I think it ended up being a little over $400 per angler in the Clash of Clubs. I think he got 100 bucks on the uh, other tournament and a boat. So good job to that, guys. And, again, hate you guys that missed out on everything. We're doing it again there. It's going to be a, an annual thing down there at the Hollow. So, now you see what you missed. You got to come next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm really am sad. I missed it. I just want to stay on a houseboat. Man, it was so tub. nice. Well, that was so the hot tub didn't come into play till yesterday. And with John Workman's comment here, um, Brian said he wanted to go down the slide. So Susie turned on the live stream. We got our boy JP and Brian. I don't think Brian actually thought JP was going to go. JP went straight down the slide with no hesitation. And old Brian weenied out on us. And to answer John's question, I was about to go. Was I going down the slide? No. I was going to tackle Brian off of that boat one way or another, and he was getting in the water. But our buddy Richard, who made all this possible, was watching the live stream and called us and said, please don't go off the slide. And it you know, apparently they've got a lot of mooring cables and stuff underwater, and he was just worried somebody was going to get hurt right there. So good job, Richard, for looking out for us. But next time we're down there, we're putting the houseboat off the point out in deep water, and then we'll, we'll, the whole paddle and fin crew is going off the boat. It's like, no way any dumbass will do this. Yeah. Well, now, <laughs> now you know which ones will. Shout right. out JP. He was the only one that did it. <laughs> Well, he's a firefighter, man. He doesn't have any fear. That's how we got him to go. We said he needed to go. Well, technically, they played rock, paper, scissors. But we were like, look, 
you're, you know, you're a medic. You got to go first and be down there when Brian comes down in case his old self gets hurt. You can help him. It worked. He went. There you go. All right. Let's talk about these tournaments from last last week. There was a, a lot of them. Let's see. Uh, we got a whole mess of them here. Here, I'm, I'm cutting off a couple of the paddle and fin stuff. There we go. All right. I'm ready when you're ready. All right. Uh, I'm. We didn't have this one. Sorry, I, I kind of lost my spot here. Well, here, I'll go ahead and give them one real quick. Okay. All right, so first up, we had the kayak anglers of Florida on the Sunshine State Trail. They were at Rodman Reservoir. They had, good Lord, the description is so long. They had 33 anglers. Uh, first place was Jason Slater with 84. Second place, Michael Nielsen with 84, but... It, Big Fish went to Jason with 18 and a quarter over a 17 and a quarter. And then Buzz Byerline, third place with 82 and a half. All right. Next up, we had the Cack Anglers of Virginia. They were on Smith Mountain Lake. Uh, and it looks like Casey Reed, and he was just on one objective, if you want to listen to how his event went. That's a good podcast, too. Second place, Travis. He had 91 and three quarter. Travis Belcher in second with 90 and a half. And dusting good in third with 88 inches even. All right, next up we have uh, MAKBF. I've already forgot what that stood for because it was not on Tourney X. Uh, they were Atlantic kayak bass fishing. Mid Atlantic, that was it. Uh, they were out on Lake Marburg in Hanover, Pennsylvania. Alex Fiolka, first place with 92 and a half. Second place, Bunky Weichert with 80 and three quarters. Said that wrong, probably. Sorry, buddy. Uh, J.R. Rents, third place, was 78 inches. So, pretty good day for those guys. Yeah. Uh, Central Carolina kayak fishing. Uh, they were on Randleman. 78 anglers, big tournament, first place. Matthew Dunn, first, 86 and three quarter. James Smith in second with 86 and a half. And Jeremy Olszewski, I hope I got that right, with 86 and a half. All right. Uh, Next up, we had a event with NSKA presented by BMT Outdoors on Lake Dardanelle, the Dardanelle Dance 3. They had 47 anglers show up. Eric Morris took first place with 87 and a half. Garrett Morgan with 85 and a quarter. And Jonathan Shadell with 84 and a half. Shadell. Uh, <laughs> next up, Oklahoma kayak anglers. They were on Lake Latonka. That sounds Latonka Ellsworth. I don't know if that's one lake or two lakes or. Oh, yeah, it is two lakes, Latonka and Ellsworth. So there you go. Um, so first place was Tuvu with 92 and a half. Shane Kirkman with 89 and three quarter. And Jason Thomas in third with 89 inches. Moving on, we came to the Kayak Anglers of Missouri. Cool, cool name for them, Camo. They were out on Table Rock. They had 40 anglers. Justin Kuhn, first place with 91 and a half. Alan Birding, second place, 82 and a half. And third place was Steve Lehman with 78 and three quarters. And then the Natural State Kayak Anglers, they had their Wasabi King of the String 21. Uh, yeah, on Wasabi of Fayetteville. So there you go. Uh, first place was Roy Roberts with, and, and this was a, uh, like a, you could have a bunch of fish, uh, like a MLF style. First place, Roy Roberts, 28 fish, three, 373 inches. 
Second place, Josh Howard with 27 fish, 358 and a quarter. And third, Craig Wood with 23 fish, 304 and a half. Seems like a lot, a lot more clubs are doing the MLF style or at least giving it a shot. Oh, yeah. It, it seems like fun. Yeah. You know. yeah. Uh, moving on from that, we got the SoCal kayak anglers that were on El Capitan out in San Diego. 49 anglers. Uh, first place was Jonathan DeMonet with 103 quarter. Brian Lepke was second with 91 and three quarter. And Jason Braille, maybe 90 inches. Good job, guys. And then Urban Anglers, a Cal- uh, Urban Anglers Club of Los Angeles. We had them on not too long ago. They were on Castaic Lagoon. First place was Jeremy Ornelas. Uh, first place with 76 and three quarter. Alex Cox seems like he's always in the top three with 75 and three quarter. And Ted Yang with 75 and a quarter. And last on my list, but for sure not least, was the Kayaking for a Cure event. It was a statewide Alabama thing that Gary Cornelius puts on every year. Uh, really good charity event with a lot of giveaways. Uh, 56 anglers got in on that. It was a three fish tournament. Lincoln Stewart took the win with 59 inches. Uh, my teammate, uh, Greg Massa, got second with 58. And third place is uh, Sam Cox with 56 and three quarter. He's, uh, he's been really good with Coleman. I think he's actually leading Coleman's Angler of the Year race right now. Sam, he's in a pursuit. Yeah, one of the new canoe guys. But he's he's really come on last last year. He did really good. But this year, he's a... Uh, He's been on fire this year. I, I like. Yeah, yes. Yeah. He went from like uh, me and him have a mutual friend that like I'm pretty sure doesn't really fish, and uh, we kind of made that connection and message every now and then talking about fishing. He's asked me a bunch of questions, and now he's really putting the hammer down on it. So, congrats to him. Always good to see somebody doing good. I don't know how he does it. He's got like twelve kids. It's gonna be tough. <laughs> we had a guy that when they said. Uh, you know, what's an interesting fact about yourself? He says, I have four kids. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I think he, he's a Sam's probably. I, I think he's got four for sure. Maybe five. He's, he's got a group of them. Uh, shout so, out to people with that many kids, man. My one. God, dog. Me out. <laughs> I got one <laughs> four-year-old. I, man, I, this is a whole nother show. But I don't know <laughs> how you could possibly have that many kids. I got one and a dog, and that's that is enough. But, uh, yeah. yeah, God bless people I do that that are populating the world. I couldn't do it. I like to practice. I just don't like to have the kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, we'll end it on that note. Uh, everybody, y'all be safe. Take care of each other. And uh, as always, wear your PFDs, and we'll see you all again next week. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all
all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. 